If you'll remain standing for our scripture reading this morning, which comes from the second chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 13 through 23. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's pray. Again, Lord, we thank you for this time together, for the Holy Scriptures and the opportunity that you give us to read and to study, to not just love you with our hearts, but also to love you with our minds. I pray that I get out of your way so your people can hear a word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. We see all through God's holy word, how God constantly protected his covenant. Think about Noah and God putting a reminder to himself, a bow in the cloud, so that he would never destroy the world again with water. He says, I'll, I'll hang that there, and every time I see it, I'll remember to not destroy earth again with water. Or the covenant that he made with Abraham. And I know it's Abram and Sarah, but bear with me this morning. I'm going to say Abraham and Sarah. <clears throat> the covenant that he made with Abraham. He said, get up, leave home. I ain't take your wife, and a few donkeys, a few slaves. Take Lot if you want to. But leave everything that you know and go to a land that I will show you. And I'll make your offspring. I'll give you this land. This is a covenant that God's making with Abraham. I will give you this land and make your offspring as numerous as the sand by the sea. Well, now how about that? So Abraham did what God called him to do. But the years rolled on. No offspring. 
No offspring. Where, where's this covenant, God, that you promised? So he and Sarah, they figured it out. Well, they, you know, her, his, her handmaid's name was Hagar. We'll, we'll just have her have the child for us. Well, I guess that was all right, but it didn't work. God said the covenant will not go through him. It'll be your own. It'll be between Abraham and Sarah. And so finally, when he was an old, old man, and she was an old woman, they had a son and named him Isaac. Isaac was about 40 when Sarah died. And so the old man sent his servant back to Laban's house to get a wife for his son Isaac. They got Rebecca. And would you know, and would you know, that she became pregnant, and in her womb, she had twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the oldest, and y'all know, in antiquity, the oldest, the elder son, got twice the inheritance. That, that, that's just the way that it worked. But not in this case. Not in this case. The covenant that God made with Abraham would not run through Esau. It would run through Jacob. It would run through Jacob. It's amazing how that God worked his covenant and how he worked with different people to show the world God's grace. You talking about a dysfunctional family? Now I'm telling you, here, here we have one. The, the mama loved Jacob, and the daddy loved Esau. Uh, you, you know, and, and, and it gets a whole lot worse, and I don't have time today. I promise y'all I'll, I'll get you out of here. Yeah, I won't, I won't wear you out. That, that, that we think our families are dis dysfunctional, and we think we're glad when we see the taillights pull out and leave this time of year. You know, I'm telling you, this was a dysfunctional family. But anyway, it was through Jacob and Rachel and Leah and their handmaids that the patriarchs came from. You know, um, Jacob was in, in love with, with, with Rachel. They have a big blowout, having a big party, a wedding and everything. Hey, they, he wakes up the next morning, guess who he's in bed with? It wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. Y'all remember that story? Y'all believe anybody tell that in church? Well, believe it because it happened in Scripture. But anyway, these 12 men, they weren't perfect. As a matter of fact, they were so imperfect and jealous of, of one of their brothers next to the youngest, his name was Joseph, that, that, that they sold him into slavery. Sold him to a bunch of Ishmaelites, and they took him to, to, uh, to Egypt. To Potiphar's house, of course, he got in all kinds of trouble there. Went to jail, got out of jail. And, and we think about God's covenant, and it looks to us like that it's over. And God says, it's not over. I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah, where Isaiah reminds us 
that our ways are not God's ways, nor are our thoughts God's thoughts. Friends, we need to remember that. The church needs to remember that. Let's pause for just a moment and, and go back to this covenant thing that God made with Abraham and, and making his offspring like the sand of the sea and how all the families in the earth would be blessed through him. See, that was the thing about it. That God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you so that you'll be a blessing to all the families of the earth. He didn't just, just make a covenant with him because he's a good old boy or because that he liked him or for special privilege. Sometimes church folks get thinking we're sort of special. Well, we're not, and we've talked about that before. The thing about it is that just as God made covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, so he has with us through Jesus Christ. Now, going back to Israel, Israel was the hope of the world. Being blessed by God, Joseph being down, as I mentioned a while ago, down in Egypt, Went into slavery for 400 and something years. Y'all remember the story? Moses led them out. Moses dies, don't get to enter the promised land. Hurts all of our feelings and everything. Joshua, the, the conqueror, is going uh, across to conquer the land. The land, remember the covenant? The land that God promised? Well, they didn't completely annihilate everybody, did they? They didn't. They didn't. Joshua died, and then people began to do what was right in their own eyes. That's what Scripture says. They did what was right in their own eyes. Disciple people. What happens when we do what's right in our own eyes? Chaos. One little word. It's chaos. Well, that's what was happening here. God would, would, would select a charismatic, not necessarily a God-fearer, but a charismatic leader to raise the people up, to, to run off the Midianites or the Philistines or who, whomever they were fighting against. And, and, and that would be good. Israel would be okay for a little bit. Then they go right back to doing the same old things that they had done forever and ever and ever. Still, God protected the covenant that he made with Abraham. Then Israel wanted a king. Be careful what you ask God for. They wanted a king. This really hurt Samuel's heart, old prophet Samuel. You know, because he and God, you know, they, they were tight. And, and he was, you know, it, it was for, for Samuel, you know, he, he was the next thing to God. But anyway... Anyway, and maybe he was, I don't know. But, but anyway, this really upset Samuel. And God said, Sam, listen to me. Listen to me. It's not you that they rejected. It's me. It's me. Tell them all that they're going to go through. We fuss and moan and groan about the preacher talking about tithing and us giving 10% of our gross in income 
uh, to the church so that ministry can be done. Hey, these dudes were going to be given a fifth. That's 20% right off the bat. Plus the best of, the, of their children. The best that they had. So church is not complaining a whole lot. Saul, the first king, didn't work real well. Started out pretty good, didn't work real well. Then David, y'all know how that ended. Then Solomon, then Solomon, built the temple. Covenant looked like he was in great shape. Here we have the temple built. Forced labor, slaves, all this magnificent temple that, that he had built. And wouldn't you know it, the kingdom split. Jeroboam took 10 tribes and went to the north called Samaria, called Israel. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, kept Jerusalem and Judah, Benjamin, and it's called Judah. Then there was a war. The Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom, took them into exile. wasn't long to the Babylonians in 587 and 586 that they destroyed the temple, burnt Jerusalem, and Nebuchadnezzar and the Chaldeans carried them off into exile. Not all, not all. They left some of the poor people and all. And if you had been reminded of God's covenant, what would you have thought about God's covenant at this point? Where is it? You said the land, you said all of us, you said this and that. It didn't look real good, did it? pretty big but you see friends God wasn't through with the world he didn't give up on Israel and he hasn't given up on his church it's not over in God's eyes you and I may think that it's over. We may want to throw our hands up and say, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. All this, all this stuff going on. Oh, friends, it's not over. God was now ready to enter the world a new way. A way that Carolyn read to us this morning in God's holy word. You know, even, even pagan kings knew that the king of Israel had been born. They, they visited this lunatic called Herod the Great to ask him, where was the king of the Jews? Where is he at? Where has he been born? Can you imagine how narcissistic this control freak, no count king went, what went through his mind and his body whenever they asked, where's the king at? I am the king. Look, here's my crown. Well, he wasn't the king. Jesus is the king. When they had departed, an angel of the Lord, and it happens every time in Matthew's gospel, and please, 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 don't get Luke and Matthew mixed up when, when you're reading uh, these birth narratives. But anyway, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child, his mother flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. God incarnate 
God becoming flesh. The hope of the world, the one that would redeem the world back to God is having to have his mom and that earthly dad flee or somebody's going to kill him. An angel of the Lord told him to do that. Get the child out of here. Herod's going to kill him. Remain there. Stay there until I tell you to come back. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. What did Joseph do? He got up, took Mary and Jesus by night and departed Egypt and remained there until Herod the Great died. This is Herod the Great that, that we're talking about. This was to fulfill what the Lord said by the prophet out of Egypt, I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked, and we'll talk more about this next week, Epiphany. Had been tricked by the wise men. He, he became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under. That, that, does that not go beyond anything that we could ever even imagine? I'm telling you, he, he was crazy. He had his own kids killed. Wives, it, it didn't matter to him. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, again, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and the mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life, they're dead. Joseph did exactly what the Lord told him to do. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, and he was about as bad as his dad Herod the Great, not hardly, but, but close. Joseph was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. The procurator there, the one that ruled that had jurisdiction there, was Herod Antipas. Y'all have heard of him, and we'll, we'll be studying more about him later on. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. We, be, we, we begin a new year. And we search our hearts and, and our minds. And we think about the covenant that God has made with each and every one of us. And that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus paid a debt that you can't pay. Nor can I. I don't care how good we are. I don't care what we do. We cannot pay that debt to God. But Jesus did. A fragile little baby that had to be protected, like all babies should be protected, would grow up, would grow up and reconcile the world back to God. For us to be able to stand before 
that great white throne and hear Jesus say, not guilty. For you see, we know we are. We know we are. We know we're selfish. We know we're prideful. I think pride is the number one sin in the church. I think that's why no more people come to church than what they do. We trust ourselves with our money instead of God. We trust ourselves in making decisions that we ought to be asking God about. My modern Judaism, and I've probably already said this, but I preached three sermons this morning. If I have, forgive me. My modern Judaism professor, Rabbi Greenstein, asked me, Tommy, how many covenants has God broken? Y'all know? Zero. Zero. So I ask you, but with 2020 coming up, and for a lot of people, for a lot of people, for a lot of Christian people, the main thing that's going to happen in 2020 is we're going to elect another president. I'm serious. For, for a lot of people, that, that's the main thing that's what, that, that, that folks are looking for in 2020. Where's Jesus in your life? Where's Jesus in your life? Is he, is he your Lord and Savior? See, he can be your Savior and not be your Lord. I know some of y'all would argue with me about that, but think about that statement for just a minute. I would never question your salvation. That's, that's between you and God. I never question your salvation. But where is your loyalty? Is it to your 401K? Is it to your family? Is it to your pride? Is it to what you drive? Is it to what you look like? Is it having your way all the time? Let me tell you, all, these, all the, those things get in the way of Jesus being your Lord. Every single thing that I mentioned. Jesus talked an awful lot about that whenever he grew up. And you can leave here today and and it can be another, another same old, same old. We can go through the, the same thing that we do, you know, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I get it. I did it for a lot of years. But at the same time, will you open your heart up enough for God to say and to speak to you and to explain to you it's not over? God's not through with you just yet. Jack Fowler, a while ago, went, during our offertory, played, played his violin. That's what it was, wasn't it? Violin. And, and he was talking with me a moment in church this morning. His wife is real close to going home to being with the Lord. About 8 o'clock this morning, Barbie passed away. How about that? And just as I was talking about that, thank you, Carolyn. And, and you know, and Jack, Jack was talking about, about that. And I said, you know, the good news, Jack, is this, that Jesus has promised. And this is part of that covenant. This is part of that covenant. 
Jesus has promised he will never leave nor forsake us, even unto the end of the age. We don't have to do what God has called us to do in this church or in any church. It's called free will. You can be as active as you want to be. You can be as faithful in your giving as you want to be. Or you can try and do it your own way. It's just something I thought on this last Sunday in 2019 that all of us needed to hear. Thanks be to God. Amen.